This is episode 233 of the Newtown Big Dreams podcast. It is June 18th, 2021, 11 o'clock in the morning here on the West Coast. Today I'm with Daniel Blue in Las Vegas, Nevada. Daniel went from having a daughter at 19 years old and being hooked on OxyContin and a college dropout to owning a seven-figure business. He's a great comeback story. Today, Daniel is a Forbes financial contributor, so he writes columns for Forbes magazine, and he is the owner of a seven-figure business called Quest Education, where he helps entrepreneurs touch more money. He teaches people how to make money tax-free, how to pay off debt, how to get capital to grow their business, and have more control over their 401ks and IRAs. For us in Canada, that's the equivalent of RRSPs and TFSAs. So tax-free growth is uh, what we're going to talk about, or tax-deferred growth, better put. Uh, today, we are going to talk about financial literacy, entrepreneurship, and overcoming adversity with the correct mindset. We're also going to talk about leadership and whether people are naturally born leaders or if it's something that we can learn over time. So let's welcome Daniel Blue to the show right after this. Welcome to the Newtown Big Dreams Podcast, an interview-style talk show that's your gateway to the fabulous and fascinating people who relocated to start a new life. Whether you're new to our podcast or your city, our fellow neighbors from across Canada, North America, and the entire English-speaking world share their stories of reaching new horizons and big dreams. So sit back and relax as we navigate in-depth and intimate conversations with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, executives, creatives, and anyone who can share their story about their new town, Big Dreams. And now, here's your host, Luke J. Menkes. So, Daniel, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. How is the weather today in Las Vegas? Man, I don't know for the people that can uh, are watching this, but I probably have had four of these, maybe five of these, uh, a lot of water, yeah. and uh, it's only 11 o'clock in the morning. I'm sweating right now. It's hot. Probably be 115 degrees today. So everybody's got air conditioning, right? Otherwise, you couldn't survive. Yeah, I I think I could grab some eggs from my refrigerator right now and throw them on the asphalt and make some some scrambled eggs. (laughs) I'm sure. So, um, are you from Vegas, or did you move there at some point? I've been here for 12 years. I uh, originally grew up in Oceanside, California. And then my senior year, I, I went out to St. George, Utah, spent a couple of years in St. George, Utah. It's where uh, Zion National Park is for those of you who've been there or seen the pictures very close to St. George. And then um, 12 years ago, I made the transition from St. George to Las Vegas. Wow. So you uh, went through some troubles as a teenager and maybe beyond that, maybe tell us a little bit about what happened and how you recovered from it. Yeah, it really ties into your your question about geography. So um, I grew up uh, with a mom and a dad, just like a lot of other people listening right now. Um, 
they got divorced when I was 12. My dad ended up moving to Mexico and I started really struggling with myself. Um, my mom was busy working her, her tail off. She's a social worker. So I had a lot of time to myself to get into trouble. I started going downhill in middle school and high school and, uh, you know, experimenting with drugs. And then, uh, my junior year, when I, I barely passed my junior year, my mom said, Hey, like I, I need to send you somewhere else. Like you're going to go to jail or you're going to make a bad decision and do something stupid. Um, like we need to send you somewhere else so you can at least graduate high school. So we had a, a friend that we knew that lived in St. George, Utah. So she shipped me out to a city um, that only knew one person. And um, I went to high school in, in Utah. I was able to graduate um, with a different scenery. And uh, I was still battling some demons, though. I graduated high school. And uh, because I was battling some of these demons, I ended up getting addicted to Oxycontin from the years of 18 years old um, up until I was about 20 years old. So for two years straight, I was, you know, sniffing uh, Oxycontin up my nose every single day. Wow. And at that time, that was an expensive habit. One one small little pill was about eighty about eighty dollars, sixty to eighty dollars, um, and I, I was doing one a day. And um, my life really changed when I had my daughter. Um, I ended up. Uh, making a, a bad choice, but almost the best choice in my life to, uh, I got a girl pregnant and I was 18 years old. And, uh, I remember like it was yesterday when I found out I was having a kid, I was just really scared. And, uh, so then, uh, my daughter was born when I was 19 and I was still using drugs. And, um, I remember like it was yesterday, uh, my daughter was six years old, this was, or I'm sorry, six months old. This was in 2009 Thanksgiving day. Mm -hmm. My family was at their house cooking Thanksgiving meals. Um, and I was running the streets trying to get pills for the day. And naturally all the drug dealers in town were spending time with their family. They were not picking up the phone. Wow. And, um, for the listeners, you guys probably have someone in your family that, has a drug problem or had a drug problem. Um, you read the papers, all these big pharmaceutical companies right now are getting sued for billions of dollars by over prescribing opioids, um, opiates, um, Percocet, Oxycontin, pretty much heroin. And, um, there's withdrawals when you aren't using those drugs. You start uh, having flu-like symptoms. So I started getting sick and I remember I was in my car. No one was picking up. It was Thanksgiving day. And I remember thinking to myself, like, what am I doing with my life? Like, is this the kind of life I'm going to li live? Like, is this what my daughter is going to look up to? Like a deadbeat druggie on Thanksgiving Day trying to get a pill? Mm -hmm. Like, this is not my life. Mm -hmm. And I made a choice to uh, make a move. And uh, because I tried to get clean probably five times before that, I can never kick the habit. So I knew if I could be in a different city, uh, new phone number, not know anyone, and just be in a completely different environment, change my environment, I knew I could get a different result. So I ended up moving immediately to, to Las Vegas, Sin City. And who would have thought that moving to Las Vegas would have been a, a destination of getting clean? And uh, I've been clean for almost 12 years. Wow. And people laugh when they're like, Las Vegas? How did you not stay dirty? So, yeah. yeah. Interesting. So your daughter has got to be like 17, 18 now. No, she's 12. She was born in 2009. Okay. I'm 32. Okay. 2000. Okay. I mixed up the dates there. So, um, how's she doing? Oh, she's doing amazing. It's, uh, it's interesting. So I, uh, parted ways with her mom when my daughter was about six months, a year old. Um, and it was tough. Um, I don't know, maybe someone can relate to this when you, especially in the state of Utah, um, they favor, um, certain situations. If, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I think a lot of dads just get the weekends. Like if yep. you 
um, have a daughter or a son and you part ways with, with their mom, the dads usually just get the weekends. And that's just kind of like status quo every other weekend. So I was in every other weekend dad for a long time. And that, that broke my heart because I wanted more. And her mom and I didn't get along. And uh, that was really tough because I wanted to put my daughter to bed at night every night. I wanted to take her to school. And that just wasn't in my cards at that time. And I remember thinking, like, let me just focus on what I can control. Let me just focus on being the best dad I can be. Let me just show up every single day. And uh, now we're probably almost three years now that she's lived in Las Vegas. Nice. Um, I get along with her mom. Uh, my daughter's at my house right now. Um, she's with us a lot of the time and, and it's just really nice to have peace with her mom and I, and, yeah. uh, I, mean, I, I have her at least 50%, if not more and, and her and, and her mom and I get along and, uh, she's turning 12, she's 12 years old. And I think a lot of people can relate to this. If you had a 10 year old and 11 year old, 12 year old during COVID, like they grew up quick, yes. you know, they just turned into a teenager. Yeah. No, I can relate on some levels because I split up with my daughter's mom when she was six months to a year old. And I know the court system tends to favor moms, but also, you know, once you straighten out your life, most moms want to have the the dad involved in the kid's life as long as we are, you know, doing what we're supposed to do as adults and living a responsible life. It's a, it's a good thing for both parents to be able to cooperate like that. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's frustrating is when you are living that responsible life and paying child support and showing up and being consistent Mm. and you just still only get every other weekend. That's frustrating. Yeah. That was defeating. And, uh, but I just knew, okay, I don't know the future. I don't know what's going to look like five years from now, three years from now, seven years from now. So like, let me just be ready. So I don't have, you know, I mean, just stay ready. So I don't have to get ready. And because I was ready when the cards turned and I ended up having her more, it just, it just worked out for the best. So yeah, you never know the future. That's right. And uh, speaking of COVID, what is the situation like in Vegas? Is it still totally uh, locked down? Is it, no, is it over? What's no. the story? I'm uh, I'm not here to get political. I'm, I'm just pro business. Right. Yes. So uh, it's just really nice to see people spending money. I think people forget when you spend money at a restaurant and you tip that waitress. Now that waitress has more money and she's going to spend more money at a different business. Correct. And now because she spent money at that different business, that business that has her money, they're going to spend more money. Right. So it's just this big circle. So it's just really nice seeing people spending money and people making money and people working. Totally. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's live out here. It's, uh, it's really, really packed. There's a lot of people out here. It's good to see. Yeah. Uh, I expect July 4th to be crazy. Awesome. Uh, but living in Las Vegas for 12 years, I avoid the strip. I, I don't want that nonsense. I, yeah. I just stay in my little, my little bubble. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's so true. And what you said about the economy and money circulating and, uh, it was a depressing time for a lot of us too, going through COVID. It's really nice to see smiling faces and see people out and socializing like humans are supposed to. So yeah, that's awesome. Exactly. You're, you're in a suburb of Vegas. So you're away yeah, from the strip. 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, about 20 minutes. It's a, a nice community. I get golf or I get uh, I'm near a golf course. I get to see palm trees and grass. I grew up in California. So I, I long for seeing green and, in Vegas, there's not too much green, so I, I do get a little oasis. So I'm yeah. uh, I'm away from the strip. Nice. So tell us what you're doing now, and how you went from being a, a drug addict to a successful businessman. Tell us some of the steps yeah. in between. 
Yeah. So society told me at 18 to go to college. Mm -hmm. So I went to college. I only lasted three months because I just knew college was not for me, Mm -hmm. but I didn't have a plan. I didn't know, okay, I don't want college, but I don't know what I want next. Um, But I started networking and uh, putting myself in certain situations at 18 years old where I ended up getting a job in sales. And I had no idea that I would excel at sales. I started making six figures when I was 18, 19 years old. And if you would have told me, you know, when I was a kid and asked me, hey, what do you want to do when you want to grow up? I would not have said sales to my, my classmates, right? I just was not on my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just happened to just excel in sales at uh, 18, 19 years old. And I started from the bottom. I started cold calling, setting appointments, and I started closing deals. And I started having my own team. Um, then I started running a sales floor, um, going into you know management, executive uh, leadership roles. And uh, I did that for about six, seven years. Uh, wow. and, and I enjoyed it. And uh, because of the networking I was doing in that industry, I was selling real estate coaching. I was introduced to the concept of self-directed retirement accounts. I started to learn Mm -hmm. that people could use their retirement accounts, not just for stocks and mutual funds, but they could use their retirement accounts to invest into real estate, uh, precious metals, even their own business. So that that seed was planted into me um, at that time, seven years or seven years ago. Um, and I, I wanted to make a change at that time. I, I felt like I plateaued where I was and uh, I wanted something different. I've always gravitated towards the financial world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so seven years ago, I, I essentially restarted my life in the, in the sense of brand new industry, brand new company. So I had to go from you know being a manager, closing deals to, OK, now I'm at the bottom. Mm. New company, new industry. You have to prove yourself. Yes. Right? You're, you're not going to just be given that the, the role. Um, so I had to prove myself seven years ago, started from the bottom, um, learned the ropes. Uh, I was grateful to have some people teach me along the way. And then um, I was able to save some money. Uh, I was able to make sure I have good credit score. And uh, three years ago, I started a company out here in Las Vegas called Quest Education. Mm-hmm. And um, our mission is to help people access money in their retirement accounts, penalty and tax free, so they can accomplish their financial goals. So a lot of our clients will use money in their retirement account to uh, maybe invest into real estate or their own business or you know even pay off high interest rate credit card debt. We talked to a lot of people that are paying 20% interest on $20,000 of credit card debt. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, they have a retirement account that's making maybe 10% a year. Yeah. So they're losing money faster than they're making money. Yeah. So the idea of tapping into that retirement account penalty and tax-free to pay off high interest rate credit card debt to save money, to get a better credit score. Um, It it bodes well for the client in in certain situations. Yeah. So you're talking about financial literacy, which I want to ask you about, but I'm curious, what kind of products and services were were you selling in your late teens, early twenties that uh, you were so successful at? Yeah, so it was real estate coaching. So real estate I don't know coaching. If you remember? Okay. Yeah, so so you're out in Canada, right? Yeah. So they probably have that out there, like flip this house. Oh yeah. You know different shows, right? Yeah. A lot of the, those those gurus, quote unquote, they would sell coaching. You mm. know, a, a five thousand or twenty thousand dollar package to teach you how to make money with real estate. Mm. So um, I, I was selling those packages over the phone. I see. So like cold calling people. Yep. Wow. Yep. That's um. That's one of the toughest forms of selling there is. I think maybe the only one that's a little bit tougher is going door to door, knocking on doors, trying to sell things. Because at least with the phone, if someone yells at you, you can, you know, you can do this. But at the door, you know, they're right in your face. But 
I don't, I've rarely met anyone that did phone sales that was successful at it. Like most people burnt out. You probably saw in that industry, there was so much turnover, right? Guys coming in two, three months and then they burn out and they, they don't come to work the next day. How did you get through it? How did you become successful? Commitment. Mm. I, uh, when I was young, we didn't grow up with a lot of money. So my whole goal was I want to have six figures. Right. Like I want to make a hundred grand a year. If I can make a hundred grand a year, Luke, I'm rich. Right. I'm wealthy. Mm-hmm. I'm Warren Buffett. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm 18 years old, 2008. Little did I know, you know, hundred thousand dollars a year isn't a whole lot in the grand scheme of things. So mm-hmm. I've always been driven by, by something. I've always had something that I'm committed to. So then that way, when the road gets tough, when life punches me in my face, I remember what I'm committed to. And once I made a hundred thousand dollars then I developed other commitments and I was driven by other things, Mm -hmm. um, I think that's one big difference between commitment slash being driven versus being motivated, Mm -hmm. right? Like your sales manager can talk to you, get you all fired up on a Monday morning meeting and then life's good for 20 minutes or a day, but then what's going to happen later that week. So you're right. There was a lot of turnover, but I think with, like anything, whether it's sports, whether it's sales, whether it's business, yes, you need skill set and strategy and technique, but the, the real um, winning and losing takes place in between your head, yeah. your, your mindset, your perspective. Yeah. And um, do you think you were born with that mindset or is that something you developed when you uh, got off of the drugs? I, I, my answer to that is environment, mm. right? Like I could not get clean off of drugs in Utah. Right. And I tried five, six times. I tried get, getting, you know, using Suboxone and Methadone and all these different other forms to uh, pills that you could take yeah. that would get you off the drugs. But I always would come back. Yeah. Um, so I'm a firm believer your environment is, is one of the most powerful things in someone's life. Yeah. Um, I don't think... I would have gotten clean if I didn't move. Now there's people that have beat drugs and they stay in the same place. So mm-hmm. that defeats my argument, but I do go back to environment. When I was a, a young, uh, young child, I saw my mom work her tail off. She's a social worker. She never called in sick for when I saw, she showed up, worked every day on call weekends, but she still showed up no matter what, you know, even in my life when I was playing sports, like she never complained. She just, she's worked. Um, so I, so I saw that and that rubbed off on me. Um, and when my dad was around too, I, I did see uh, some of those same techniques, some of those same, um, you know, personality traits. So for me, I also think sports had a lot to do with it. Mm. I think sports and business are so much alike, um, teamwork, synergy, culture, learning how to lose, learning how to win. So I think my environment and then me playing sports my whole life, um, set me up to, you know, be in business and, and actually enjoy what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely physical activity. And uh, I totally agree with you about environments. Like I think people who can stay in the same location, they are changing their envi- environment, right? They're not yeah. hanging out with the same people. They're not going to the same locations within that town or city. You know, they are changing their surroundings, even though maybe geographically they haven't moved. So, I totally agree with you. It's hundred percent important to, you know, change your surroundings and uh, that's awesome. So um, do you think people are naturally born as leaders or is this something we develop over time? I think it's 
developed over time. Mm. I mean, I think there might be some, some rare instances. Um, but I, I think for the most part, it's, it's something that you have to be bred. You have to be exposed to it. You have to, to learn, you have to fail. Um, so I, I want, I, I believe that for the most part, it's, it's, you're, you're, you're developed. I mean, I, I think there's, you know, Michael Jordan, he's the best basketball player in the world, right? You know, yeah. greatest of all time. Um, but he got cut from his uh, high school basketball team, yeah. right? So, like, it's not like he was born with all these gifts. Now, was he born with some gifts? Absolutely. Um, was he born with more gifts than others? Yes. But, I mean, he had developed a lot, right? So, to me, develop um, an environment and, and learning is is, uh, is where it's at. For sure. And the commitment. Commitment, as you mentioned, I mean, we've seen athletes uh, get drafted in the first round and kind of fizzle. And if you watch sports, you can kind of see there's guys that are just devoted, dedicated. And there's other guys that are just kind of mailing it in through coasting on their natural talents. And they're out of the league in a couple of years because, you know, drags the whole team down. They get traded and so on. So, um Besides environment, what are some of the things you can do to develop a strong mindset? Choices that you make. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, life's all about choices, right? Like where you are today is because of choices that you made yesterday, choices that you made last week, choices that you made last year, choices that you made two years ago, right? So choices are, are huge. And, uh, a lot of times we don't make certain decisions because we feel a certain way. It's not convenient for us. It, we don't feel like doing it. So when you don't feel like doing something, that's those are the times where you need to do it, right? Uh, that's where commitment comes in. Like this morning, I was at the gym at 5 o'clock this morning. Like I'm committed to my fitness. I'm committed to living a certain way. I'm committed to... Uh, being uh, feeling a certain way. So that means I have to do certain things in order to get that result. So just being super, super clear on the result that you're looking for. And then are you committed to that result? Um, If you are, then you're going to make certain choices based upon that result that you're seeking. And that commitment is then going to make it easier for you to make a choice because at the end of the day, it almost doesn't even become a choice. You're committed to it where you don't have to think about it. Yeah, you might talk yourself into it. You might complain a little bit. You know, you're getting out of bed. You don't want to go to the gym, but you're committed and and you're going to show up and you're going to do it. So, you know, choices um, are are something that we have to be super, super cognizant of. And and you talked about it earlier. Like, are you going to choose to to surround yourself with certain people? Um, Are you going to choose to go drink on the weekends every, every weekend? Um, are you going to choose to stay up late and, and watch Netflix? Uh, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with some of those things. Um, but at the end of the day, there's going to be a, a end result because of your choice. And you have to live with that end result. Mm-hmm. So you started to make money before you were really financially literate. I think it's fair to say. So financial oh, literacy is something different than making a lot of money. Explain yeah, to us how, you, how it occurred to you that. You know, there's a lot to learn about how to handle money. They don't teach it in college. Um, they don't, you know, teach it in high school. So being financial, financially literate is, I think, just as important as being able to make money. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know if you caught what I said. I was, I was a dummy. 
Um, when I was making six figures, this was 2008. Yeah. Um, I bought a house. I thought, mm-hmm. okay, I'm, I'm making three grand a week, 2,500 a week. You buy a house. So I bought a house without doing any market research. I was completely oblivious to the market. I had no idea that we were on a, at a peak in the market. Yeah. So I ended up buying a house at the, the peak of the market uh, before the market took a crap in 08, right? Mm-hmm. 09. And uh, I didn't think about the basics in investing. Like, okay, how long do I want to keep this house, Luke? Like, how long do I want to live in this house? Um, like, I just bought a house two years, three years ago. And the thought came into my mind, okay, I'm buying at a high point in the market, but I'm going to stay in this house for at least 10 years. Mm-hmm. I don't care if the market takes a crap. I don't care if I lose 20% of my home value because I'm not selling it. Right. Right. You only realize a gain or a loss when you sell. So I'm going to be here for 10 years. Mm-hmm. So I don't care if the market takes a crap. Yeah. Right. So that train of thought was not there when I was 18. Mm-hmm. So a big reason why I learned financial literacy was just the school of not hard knocks, just failing. And, and that's the quickest way to get wisdom, right? You can hear someone tell you something. You listen to a podcast or someone, a friend or a mentor tells you something. Yes, it's advice and it's going to resonate. But what's going to resonate even more is when you actually touch the stove and it's hot. Yes. Right? But hopefully you, you can learn fast enough where you're not burning your hand left and right and, and blowing all your money. Um, so, yeah, you're right. Financial literacy is not taught enough. It's uh, – so I, I think it's important in high school, middle school, people should learn about interest rates, uh, credit scores, uh, what's an LLC, um, you know, how does a mortgage work, right? Just like basic principles in, in life uh, that should be taught and it's not taught for whatever reason. And, and that's why I love what I get to do in terms of being able to talk about what I do on social media um, with our clients, with our prospects, with our employees, and, and just really trying to spread the word. That's great. So um, tell us a little bit about the products and services that uh, you guys offer today. You touched on it. You said um, showing how people can use their retirement accounts to uh, invest in all kinds of things, including their own business. So how does that work? Do you just make a withdrawal and put it into your business and use it for payroll? Or is there a process you have to go through? Yeah, so, so the, the best process, the people that we can help and, and show the most value to are, are people in the United States to have a 401k from an old job mm-hmm. or an IRA. And they like the idea of being able to tap into that account penalty and tax-free. And for the listeners, if you have a piece of paper and a pen, or maybe you've got your iPhone near you, go to your notes and type in or write out solo 401k. So a solo 401k is an IRS approved retirement account that is for entrepreneurs or specifically it's for consultants, freelancers. Um, Maybe you've got a uh, real estate business where you make commissions as a real estate agent. Um, Maybe you've got an online business where you're making money or you want to start an online business. Mm -hmm. If you are a solopreneur and you don't have any W-2 employees, you can have contractors 1099 but if you fit what i just described then you qualify for a solo 401k right so what you can do is you could take your 401k from your old job or ira and convert it into a solo 401k and then from there you can take a certain amount out a certain money out from the plan penalty and tax free and you could use that money to pay off high interest rate credit card debt you can use it to buy some inventory for your amazon business 
You can use it to invest into your marketing, maybe some ad spend. Um, you also could use some of the money in there to invest outside the stock market. A lot of people right now are leery about the stock market, right? With the new presidency change, you know, the government here in the United States pumping out money left and right, you know, inflation, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty in the stock market right now. Uh, so a lot of people are looking at, okay, how can I have my money invested outside the stock market? Let me take some of the chips off the table. So maybe the idea of investing money into crypto or real estate or precious metals or, you know, private equity. Um, you can have those type of investments with a solo 401k, but you cannot with your 401k from your old job or your, your IRA for the most part. Right. Um, for the Canadian listeners, just tell us briefly, what's the difference between a 401k and an IRA? We, it's the well, same here, but it's a little bit different here, but we refer to it yeah, as you guys have the, uh, RRSP? the RSPs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, And I think there are self-directed RSPs. Correct. Yeah. Like if you Google self-directed RSPs, I'm not familiar with what companies are out there. Um, but if you Google self-directed RSPs, everything I just explained right now, you probably can get yeah. in the, uh, in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, but a 401k is tied to an employer. Okay. Right. So if, if you have a nine to five job and they offer a 401k, then you'd have a 401k through your employer. Right. And IRA stands for individual retirement account. So whether you have a job or not, anyone with a social security number and earned income can set up an IRA. Okay. Right. Got it. Awesome. So you've got uh, a great website at yourquest.com. Tell us what uh, we can find at your website. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, the, thank you. Um, that, that website just provides some information, um, on the solo 401k in, in our services. Um, where I believe your audience, uh, Luke, the, the listeners would get more values if they went to danielblue.me. Okay. That's danielblue.me. Um, that's my website. Mm-hmm. It does have the yourquest.com website there, but, um, I've got a podcast called how winners win, um, where we talk about, strategies to help people win in their personal, their financial, their entrepreneurial life. Um, so we've been doing that for uh, a while now. It's been a lot of fun nice. and uh, been able to help a lot of people out there. Um, so it's got links to that podcast. I also have a course um, that I put together getting more into the nitty gritty mm-hmm. uh, and what I was talking to you about, Luke. So that course, uh, it's called the quest way, how to make money tax free. Nice. That, that's on the website. Um, then it's got all my social media links as well. So if, you, if the listeners go to danielblue.me and, and want to learn more about what I'm doing and how I could help, that'd be a, a great place to start. That's great. Can I pick your brain a little bit about the podcast? Uh, when, sure. when did you get it started and how do you get guests to come on the show? Yeah, so I'm on episode 23 now. Okay. Uh, we do it once a week. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, primarily did it for the content um, side of things. Uh, we've got a producer, got a camera, all the cameras lined up, and, and we like to take clips from that podcast. Like last week's podcast was on stress and anxiety. Right? Like whether you're an entrepreneur or not, stress and anxiety is real. All right. So yeah. we talk about you know what we're facing, how we manage it. You we combat that. Um, so we'll be able to take, you know, different clips of that podcast and then I'll repurpose it on uh, my social media. Mm-hmm. It's been fun in, in that regards. Um, and then guests really come down to just networking. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a part of a couple masterminds. Uh, one's out in Dallas. I go to Dallas once a month. So when you invest into 
uh, coaching, mastermind groups, you are surrounding yourself with other people that are doing the same thing that want the same thing as you. They're committed. They're willing to spend money. Um, there's just a higher energy, higher level of, of vibration in that room to be able to connect with others and, and you start, you shake hands and you get to meet with some awesome people. And it's, it's just a great networking tool, the podcast as well. Fantastic. So we'll definitely send people to danielblue.me. And um, Daniel Blue, I want to thank you for your time today. You've got an inspirational story. And uh, I think like Warren Buffett said, we and you said, we only really learn through making mistakes. But the good news is we all the mistakes don't have to be our mistakes. We can learn from other people's mistakes. So I think you're really uh, an inspirational story in that regard. Luke, thank you. I appreciate the kind words and appreciate you having me on the show. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Newtown Big Dreams podcast with your host, Luke Minkus, and his authentic guests. And we love our listeners and hope you subscribe now to learn more about the amazing journeys of our incredible guests who relocated to find a Newtown Big Dreams. And remember, make your dreams big.